Welcome to the Red Door Church Sermon Podcast. Red Door Church is a church seeking to transform the city of Pretoria by the power of the gospel. We are distinctly mission-minded, community-cultivating, and city-loving. Please enjoy this week's sermon, and don't forget to follow and continue the conversation by sharing with those around you. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's, it's so good uh, to be back in person. Once again, um, even though it had to be one of the most coldest Sundays, uh, but uh, it looks like everyone is dressed warm uh, from what it looks like. Uh, And I do hope uh, that man, uh, God, by his Holy Spirit, also warms us up. Uh, And so, um, yeah, my name is Temba. Uh, I'm one of the staff members here at Red Door Church. Uh, My specific focus is uh, campus ministry uh, over at the University of Pretoria. Uh, And as you guys uh, have heard, uh, I am married to the most amazing woman in the world, Kwanele Raskutuma. If if there's anyone I don't get tired of hyping up, it's my wife. Uh, And so, you know, uh, I'll hype her up all day. And it, it was really encouraging to just hear her speak and share just about how God has really been impacting her life um, all throughout the course of this year. And so, man, uh, I hope we're all encouraged by that and uh, just really encouraged, um, but just the time that we've spent in prayer, the time that we've spent singing, um, the time that we've spent in His Word. Um, what a beautiful morning it's been so far. So before uh, we get into it, uh, let me pray for us. I pray that the Lord would settle our hearts, um, that uh, we would indeed uh, just hear from his word, um, that his Holy Spirit would cut and convict our hearts, and that we would just, you know, continue to enjoy praising him. And so let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful um, and grateful for how good you are. Uh, We are thankful for how gracious you are and loving you are to us. Um, you have revealed um, just um, your goodness and your majesty and your glory and why you are worthy uh, to us in so many ways. And Lord, your word is so clear and so great. And so I pray for our hearts this morning um, that as we uh, listen to your word preached, Lord, um, I ask that you would speak through me, Lord. Um, use me as a mere mouthpiece. Um, Lord, may it be less and less about me and more and more about you. May you indeed uh, be magnified, uh, made known of even more in our hearts. May we, Lord, want you more and pursue you more. And so, dear Lord, um, indeed, we ask that uh, may you continue to lead us, to guide us, and to soften our hearts. In your mighty and precious name, we pray. Amen. All right, um, and so we have come to the end of our series, uh, and I felt it would be fitting, um, since this is our first Sunday back uh, after a long time, um, and also coming to the close of our series, it would be good to end things off in a psalm of praise, Uh, just praising and giving thanks to the Lord for all that he has done and continues to do. And so Psalm 103 was one of those psalms where I was praying and pondering and just asking the Lord, saying, Lord, would you use this as a psalm where indeed we just would look to you and marvel at your majesty and your glory? And so even as we consider who this psalm is written by, um, it's, it's evident and it's clear and it says that this is a psalm of David. And he, he uses this beautiful poetic language to express his praise for God and why God is worthy of all praise. 
Um, it's, it's, it's like looking at a diamond, and every time you just move it around, every single angle, it's shiny, and there's something different and new and so great. And so it's, 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 it's like when we see David walk us through the Psalms as if David is gazing at the Lord and at his goodness and his glory and his majesty, and he's just struck by awe. His heart is captured. He's so consumed by who God is that he can do nothing but praise God. He not only calls himself to praise God, but he's even calling others in the entire world, the entire God of God's creation to praise the Lord. But one thing that is evident is that um, David was just like you and me. Something about David that we know is that the scriptures clearly paint out who David is. Growing up for some of us who may come from Christian circles, we have this picture or this idea of David, you know, as, you know, the boy who slayed Goliath, the one who led Israel to defeat and conquer many nations. We have this image of David as this great figure. But the scriptures are also clear, and they don't hide how messy and sinful David was. We know that David was a man who abused his power. We know that David was a man who was a deceiver. We know that David was an adulterer. We know that David was a murderer. And so here's this picture of the sinful person who, yes, we know that he was good and a man of faith who loved the Lord and who would often repent of his sins and turn to the Lord. And so here's this figure who is writing this psalm, praising God. It is not a perfect person doing this, but it is a human being like you and me who is flawed, who has their own challenges, who is broken and is sinful. But here's the difference is that we see many a times, if you go throughout the book of First and Second Samuel and even Chronicles, it is very evident that, yes, this is a man who had his shortcomings, but man, it's so beautiful to see how he continually repent and turn to the Lord. And so does this sound familiar? This definitely sounds like my life. This definitely sounds like me as a Christian. Um, I'm a messy person. Um, I don't have it all figured out. But guess what? My Redeemer lives. I get to serve such a great and good and perfect God that I can continually run to him and marvel at his majesty and glory and worship him, praising the Lord God Almighty. And so as we journey through the psalm, I want us to consider that this indeed was a psalm that was not written uh, by someone who is perfect or had it all figured out, but by someone who was so captured and consumed by God's blessing, goodness, glory, and majesty that he could not hold back but just praise God. And so for those of you taking notes, um, here's a slide just breaking down um, how we're going to be going through and journeying through the psalm. And so we're going to start off in looking at how do we speak well of God? God's blessing on us, God's justice and mercy, God's steadfast love, his eternal nature, and how all of creation are called to bless God. 
And so let's get into our first point. Speak well of God. And I'll read verse 1 and 2 for us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So you may be wondering, what does it mean to bless the Lord? I mean, how can us created beings bless our creator? If, if, if anything, uh, you know, we are the ones that go to God and ask the Lord to bless us. So how is it possible that we can bless the Lord? Well, the word bless here is synonymous with praise. And so the psalmist is having a public dialogue with himself, saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and is encouraging himself to praise God, and as a result, encourages others to do the same. And so imagine this. This could have been David, uh, somewhere in the temple, somewhere in the public courts, and he's walking and he's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And man, there's a crowd. There are people around him watching as David prays, and they're like, what is going on? And as he says, and as he says that with his mouth, there are people around him who are compelled, and they're like, man, what a great example of what it looks like to bless the Lord. Not only with just my mouth, but with all that is within me. Many of them would know who David is. They knew the good and the bad of him. Yet, they could still see what a man of faith he was. But also, David was so captured by God's goodness and glory and majesty that he could not hold back but just praise the Lord. And so as Christians, we bless God because he has blessed us. In other words, we praise God because he empowers us to live an abundant life in his presence. And so we praise God because the benefits we receive from him are endless. The psalmist points out how it is important that we don't forget these benefits because it is so, so easy for us. It is so, so easy for us to forget. Do you guys know the popular hymn that says, prone to wonder, oh Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And the psalmist know this very well. I know this very well. I am so prone to wonder. Uh, my, my wife, she, 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 she sees it all the time, how I am prone to wonder. Um, but man, God is so good. His benefits are so great and are so many. And wow. And so my hope is that we can see that there's a call that to not only just give lip service about worshiping God, but that with our heart, mind, and soul, and strength, we would worship God and turn to him, forget, not forgetting his 
benefit. And so let's move on to our next point. God's blessing on us. And this is where the psalmist then goes on to describe and talk about what are these benefits that we should not forget. And so I'll read verse 3 to 5 for us. Forget not his benefits, for who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God is so loving and compassionate that he does not treat us as we deserve. Because, our, because of our sins. But he is compassionate to us, his people, that he forgives our sins. And not only does God heal us from our physical diseases, but also our spiritual sickness too, that is sin. So not only is there this physical benefit, but there's also a spiritual one. <laughs> what a great God we serve. And so when we are hopeless, anxious, and trapped in darkness, he pulls us from the pit, offering us hope and life in abundance out of his steadfast love and mercy. Not by our own works or merit, but by his steadfast love and mercy. This word steadfast love is going to be continually mentioned and highlighted all throughout the psalm. And hold on to that. Hold on to that truth. And so the empty pits that we turn to never satisfy us, but God satisfies us with all that is good, providing everything that is wholesome and constructive for our lives, that we may lack nothing. These benefits are so many, so endless, satisfying, Man, my hope is that we would not forget. My hope is that we would be so filled with joy, knowing that this is the God that we serve. This is the God who calls us to have a relationship with him. So how blessed are we in the Lord? Man, his benefits that are not only good for the body, but are good for our soul. What a beautiful display of grace and God's blessing upon our lives. And so let's look at God's justice and mercy in verses 6 to 10. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. The Lord is there to protect us from those who might cause us harm. The Lord extends this blessing to all who are oppressed, especially his people. We live in a country where many of us experience injustice of some sort. Sometimes you wonder if God really sees 
Or does he even care? Perhaps these were the questions that the Israelites asked themselves when they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years, wondering, does God really see? Does God really care? In my pain and in my suffering, and as I feel this hurt and injustice, where is God? But in the end, he made known his ways and acts, achieving justice for his people as he brought them out of slavery, crushing their enemies and eventually leading them to the promised land. Sadly, we live in a nation where women and children are raped and killed daily. Many of us are victims of crime. Our homes get invaded. Our privacy get invaded. Things that we worked very hard for, gone and taken away, just like that. Our leaders, whether in school, work, or government, they abuse their power and mistreat us. Some of us have really difficult bosses, and we just feel like, man, yeah, I know, it's really difficult to work for this person. Um, for some of the students, you might even feel like, yeah, I know, this one lecturer, those marks, hey, there's, a, there's a massive injustice there. Uh, Lord, intervene. Uh, uh, work in my lecturer's heart. Hmm? We sadly, we experience racism and wonder, when will it end? We witness social and economic inequality in our city and wonder, when will it end? There is so much injustice that we live through, experience, see, hear, and sometimes maybe even take a part in. And we wonder, does God see? Does God truly care? The reality is that so many of us are hurting and oppressed, and I hope that the psalm reminds us that the Lord sees, is active, and is working righteousness and justice on our behalf. What a great promise and truth that is that we can hold on to. And so not only do we benefit from and experience God's justice, but we also experience his mercy. The Lord is slow to anger. That word alone, I'm like, slow to anger. If anything, sometimes we can be pretty fast to anger. I, I don't know about you, but, but if you babysat... <laughs> Your patience gets tested. It gets tested a lot. Uh, and so the idea of being slow to anger after a couple of warnings and I told you not to is out the window. It's totally out the window. Uh, you go from wanting to play nice and you're just that disciplinarian the whole time saying, don't do that, don't do that. And guess what? We are like those children. 
before the Lord. We are those very same children. But here's a promise. The Lord is slow to anger, displaying a patience and tenderness that I can't even fathom, even though our sins against him are so many. We get to experience his steadfast love in abundance. We get to experience his steadfast love in abundance. A love that never changes, that never fails, is always promised and is always true. That is the love of God that we get to experience. Verse 10 greatly captures how merciful God is to us. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Why? Because of his steadfast love and mercy. Wow. God is truly worthy of all praise. And so let's jump on to our next point. God's steadfast love. Verse 11 to 14. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love to those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. We've seen the psalmist highlight God's steadfast love twice already in verse 4 and 8. And now the psalmist goes on to unpack this idea of God's steadfast love even further. And so the psalmist's description of God's steadfast love for us in verse 11 should bring great joy and peace to our hearts because it shows that when God forgives our sins, he completely removes them. The height and breadth of his mercy is so vast that our minds can't even comprehend. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love to those who fear him. A major thing that the psalmist points out is how the Lord's steadfast love and compassion is afforded to those who fear him. So there's a condition there. The type of fear that is being pointed out here is when you know God, is that when you know God is so big, so good, so great, just, hates sin, and so loving and compassionate, that instead of turning away from him, we turn to him. That is the type of fear that God is calling us to. The type of fear over here is one that unfortunately is not common in our world. Unfortunately, we live in a city and in a world where people no longer fear God, rejecting him, settling for the things of this world that only offer temporary satisfaction. Empty pits, that swallow us into a deep darkness. 
And so, fam, that is why it is so important that we praise God. Sharing what he has done in our lives so that many others may know him and experience his steadfast love and go on to praise him. That is why it is so important and vital that, that we talk about how God has transformed and impacted our lives. Even in the good and in the tough and challenging times. Exposing the reality of how we are human. We do fall short. Man, we also have great joy and freedom in the Lord. And so let us not hold back in speaking praises of this Lord. Let us not hold back, not only in our personal worship and devotion to the Lord, but may we just be bold and proud in speaking about our God in such a way that more and more people within the city, more and more people within our communities, more and more people within this country and this world would marvel at his glory and majesty and be like, wow, that is a God who is worthy of all praise. So let's jump on to our next point. God's eternal nature. Verse 15 to 19. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. And so as the psalmist goes on to describe how God's steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting, he paints this contrast between man and God. How we as man have a limited time to live. For we are but dust. We are here today and gone tomorrow. We are quickly forgotten like we never walked this earth. I'm sure two, three generations from now, no one will remember your name. For some of us, after one generation, you're like, ah. Like, oh, your grandfather, Timber. Oh, ah, that one, yeah. (laughs) And that's it. Uh, Yet we live our lives, you know, trying to build these great legacies and, you know, as if those are the things that truly define us and form us and, and, and we fix our identity on some of these things, yet we are but dust. But God... God is not bound by any of these things that limit us. Instead, he is sovereign and in control over all of these things. Verse 19 highlights how he has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules forever. God is so great that he chose to love us 
even though we did not deserve it. That's why it's vital that those who fear him, those who are Christians, keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The obedience of those who keep God's covenant show the reality of his mercy. The reality of us walking in a manner in which is holy and pleasing to the Lord. The reality of us acknowledging our fallenness and brokenness. The reality of us turning to the Lord continually, wanting to praise and to worship Him. The reality of us speaking praises, of truly worshiping with all that is within us. And that reality, it shows the reality of God's mercy. It shows that we recognize that man, God is so good and so great. And we as men, we are but dust. And what can we do but turn to the Lord, but gaze at him, be so consumed and captured by him that we worship him and praise him. May we walk in devoted fellowship to the Lord, knowing that we no longer have to live as slaves to sin, but we are set free to enjoy his love, his grace, and his mercy. We are set free. There is so much freedom that we have in the Lord but we are prone to wonder. We tend to forget these things. But what's so great is that even when we tend to forget these benefits and we're prone to wonder, God is so good and so great that he calls us and says, come, I'm still here. Uh, He knows. He knows us. He knows we are like those little children who no matter how many times you tell, don't do that, we'll still do that. But his love, his steadfast love and compassion and mercy for us is so great that he still calls us to himself and regards us as his children. And so in our final point, all of creation is called to bless God. Verse 20 to 22. Bless the Lord, O you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The psalmist then goes on to end the psalm in the way in which we began it. Giving a call to praise God. But this time, not only is the psalmist calling himself to praise and to bless God, but even the angels, the cherubim, and all the heavenly creatures. Reynard read this morning from Revelation 7 uh, of how even the angels, and the cherubim and all the holy creatures 
sing and praise, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. In verse 22, the psalmist calls all of God's creation to praise him. And so what began as this personal call to bless the Lord now extends to all of God's creation. Why? Because God is worthy of all praise. That is why God is worthy of all praise. And so his benefits are endless. He blesses us. He is just and merciful. He shows steadfast love. He is eternal and he is sovereign above all things. And man, most of all, he loves us and wants us to enjoy being in relationship with him and praising him daily. And so as I close, man, may this be our prayer as a people. As a people who I hope fear God, love him, and want to turn to him daily. My prayer is that we would be a people filled with praise. A people who are so captured by God's glory and awe and majesty that man, no, no, no matter what I may be going through, no matter how good or difficult, I forget not his benefits. I forget not who is this God that I get to serve. This is our prayer for Pretoria, our prayer for the city, our prayer for the many Christians and churches all across our nation. And my prayer is that if you still have not experienced this type of love, man, would you turn to the Lord? For his steadfast love is there in abundance. We no longer have to live as slaves to sin, but man, there is so much freedom in the Lord God and all that he has given us. And so family, God is worthy of all praise. Hold on to that truth. Hold on to that promises. Enjoy that. Experience the freedom that offers. God is worthy of all praise. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we come before you now. Oh, asking that your Holy Spirit would continue to work in our hearts. Asking that you would continue to open our hearts and our minds that would be so consumed, so captured, desire you so much that we would indeed daily in our lives recognize how you are indeed worthy of all praise. Lord God, you know us. You know how weak we can get at times. 
yet you still love us. Your love for us is so abundant. It is so steadfast that it offers us, you offer us, so much joy, peace, and satisfaction. We do not have to turn to the empty pits of this world that offer us nothing. But Lord, we can turn to you and find great joy and peace and satisfaction. Lord God, I pray that indeed we would be a people who love you, a people who fear you, and fear you in such a way that we cannot hold back but continually run to you and turn to you. Whether we are in good seasons or in difficult seasons, we know that God, you see, you hear, you are with us, and that, Lord, in your wisdom and by your guidance, you lead us. Lord, our prayer and my prayer is that we would be a people that indeed recognize how worthy you are of all praise, and that we may be a people who praise you with all that is within us, with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Lord, indeed, you are worthy of all praise, and we thank you for all that you continue to do in our lives. In your mighty and precious name, we pray. Amen.